Matt, we use Anchor.fm for the Bill Simmons Podcast podcast. Anchor.fm allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And it's free. Anchor will not only let you record and edit, you can also distribute your podcast to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more through Anchor. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, which is handy for the Bill Simmons Podcast podcast. Anchor.fm has everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor.fm to get started. Episode 3 of the Bill Simmons Podcast podcast. My name is Chris. And I'm Matt. There were three podcasts last week, Matt. None of them occurred on April 8th, which means we were... The first one we got was remembering Dirk Nowitzki's incredible career with Mark Stein on April 9th. Right. That was an hour, six minutes, and 49 seconds. Actually, a reasonable amount of time on a podcast. Yes. The uh, second one we got was the following day, Wednesday, April 10th. That was a Magic Johnson WTF emergency pod featuring someone named Chris Mannix. That was one hour, 53 minutes, and 48 seconds. And then the NBA Awards and Playoff Preview Extravaganza with Ryan Russillo, clocking in at a mighty 2 hours, 14 minutes, and 35 seconds, which, according to TheRinger.com, was uploaded at 10.06 p.m. on Thursday, April 11th. A wholly unnecessarily long two-and-a-quarter-hour podcast. Yeah, and Chris, we're uh, recording this the Monday after, as we generally do, and I don't know if you've noticed, but we already have another Rosillo pod that we'll get to on next week's episode yes. of the Bill Simmons Podcast podcast, also in excess of two hours, uh. which brings me to a point I wanted to make about being able to consume this content. Well, let me interrupt. In addition to that pod, there's also the Fairway Rolling pod with House, which features Simmons. Yes. This is too much media to consume. (laughs) I mean, maybe Bill just doesn't think that everybody is listening to every pod as we dutifully do. But unless you have like an hour each way commute, I don't know how you can. I have taken now to at least listening in part at one and a half speed. Yes. Because otherwise I would never be able to listen to all this. I'm also a one and a half speed aficionado, although I will be uh, fair. You don't hear as many throat clicks and swallows at one and a half speed. And that's really one of my favorite parts of the Bill Simmons podcast. It is. Also, then when you turn it down to one speed, as I did uh, the other day, because I wanted to, uh, to, I missed something and I wanted to hear it, and I needed to slow it down, but couldn't understand what he was saying on one and a half speed. It sounds like they're talking super slow yes. when you turn it back to normal speed. They sound like they're high on marijuana. Yes. <laughs> then you take your first finger off. A note. Keep your ring finger where it was. Every time I hear Mark Stein's e name, I think of Mark Steinus who was a reporter for Entertainment Tonight in the late 90s and possibly early 2000s. He always seemed very interested in the ladies, in particular one beautiful intern who worked there the same summer I did. Uh, And all I can tell you is her name was Elaine, and I called her lovely Elaine. That's all I remember about her. On the Mark Stein pod, Pearl Jam starts at 2 minutes and 38 seconds. But before that, there are two separate uh, issues to discuss. One is Bill's inability to say the two-letter word on, which somehow becomes a two-syllable word in his pronunciation. Uh, so much going on. Zach Cram's written some incredible stuff. I'm really proud of the Game of Thrones content. We also have a video we premiered today. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com. Much like the moon of Saturn or Jupiter, Io. Io, yes. Two-letter, two-syllable word. And then follows that up with a hearty swallow. One of my favorite parts is his inability to edit out the swallows. I think he pronounces on with two syllables. B 
because he needs to swallow. Yes. But again, he could re-record this and get it right. It's the intro. There's no guest. We've done it a lot of times uh, today already, Chris. Yes. A lot of problems <laughs> on, a, on an early Monday recording session. So then after Pearl Jam is done, Mark Stein doesn't actually begin until around 11.35 in, which means the time from the end of the corduroy until Mark Stein starts talking just is like Bill. seven and a half minutes. Yeah, that's just Bill. I will give Bill some credit. He makes some good jokes about bull sniffing. Yes. There are all these assholes to smell. And the specificity <laughs> of it being the asshole that dogs sniff, as opposed to just the ass or butts, I found it to be quite funny. Then he uh, lauds his son, Ben, for not eating or drinking for 10 and a half hours during WrestleMania. And if I were there with one of my kids, I would be absolutely terrified that one of them or both of them would have to go because it would set off a cascade of requests to make trips to the water fountain, the concession stand, the bathroom. And of course, my kids are girls, so that adds another layer of complexity to it. But to go 10 and a half hours at 11 years old is an accomplishment worth bragging about. I agree. It's also a long time just to be there. Yeah, well, it'd be a long time for me to not be. Yes. He talks about how very few crowds could stand a four-hour wait. And the first thing that left to mind, because it's fairly recent, is the NCAA tournament. On the first Thursday and Friday of the NCAA men's basketball tournament, don't the fans at those games pretty much remain at the arenas from noon until close to midnight? Yeah, you get like a ticket and you can just... The ticket is for the day. And yeah, you sit there all day. At six minutes and seven seconds, I believe Bill swallows. Even if you had like a quintuple basketball, uh, quintuple overtime in basketball. At about eight minutes, there's a discussion about To Kill a Mockingbird. Now, you may recall last week, Bill, in one of his SeatGeek ad reads, mentioned the fact that he bought tickets to go see a play from SeatGeek, but he wouldn't tell listeners what play it was because he wasn't sure it was good. Right. My first thought is, because he brings up Mockingbird first, that that's the play he wasn't sure it was going to be good. Nope. But the <laughs> thing is, Aaron Sorkin's Broadway production of To Kill a Mockingbird was a sponsor of the show. Yes. In fact, it seems very skipperish that perhaps Sorkin appeared in exchange for that, in exchange for those sponsorship reads. But who knows? The actual play that Bill's wife and kid went to, the play that he wasn't sure was going to be any good was... Mean Girls. My wife and uh, daughter also went to Mean Girls. Mean Girls, the play. <laughs> have you ever seen any plays on Broadway? No, I've not. Mean Girls wouldn't be one of the ones I want to see. I also get the feeling that Bill's family, I feel like they go to Broadway plays a lot. He kept coming back to her seeing Hamilton a yeah. bunch of times. Yeah. Never seen it. Would like to. Prohibitively expensive. Like a couple hundred bucks a pop. More than that. Uh, maybe a little better now that they're on like a second run cast. But yeah, very expensive. Hard to get specific days. Bill Simmons' wife just goes all the time. But this is the play that he specifically said, I'm not going to say what play they were going to because I don't know if it's good. It's not clear to me whether he was trying to protect his family in the sense that I don't want people to think they see bad plays or whether he was somehow trying to protect the play. I've seen one play on Broadway. It was actually technically a musical, which I think is a kind of play, but who knows? Like Bill Simmons, not a big fan of the live theater. I'm not a huge play guy. I went to go see Young Frankenstein. It's the only one I've seen. Managed to sit in like the first or second row, which is oh. not a preferred row for a Broadway musical because you're so close. Too close. And the guy who played Young Frankenstein, I really felt like was making a lot of eye contact with me in particular. I uh, thought it was great. Thought he did a great job. Bounce. I've seen him on a bunch of other shows, but it felt very disconcerting. Uh, that was Simmons-esque. I, I don't think he was hitting on me. <laughs> I did feel like there was a lot of eye contact. So the first ad is at 10.16. Around 11.37 is when Mark Stein shows up to talk about For the Dirk first Nowitzki. time. 
Although there is a discussion about a big Champions League soccer match, which they don't discuss for approximately one hour. <laughs> it appears that the match was the Tottenham Hotspur Manchester City match. And I think Mark Stein turns out to be a Manchester City fan. Fan, yeah. They've been really good recently. Yes. Bandwagoning. At 14 minutes and 33 seconds, Bill says, it became conceivable. <laughs> Just say it again. At 25 minutes and 33 seconds, he intones big controversy. There was a big controversy about whether he should have. I think that's when it's a controversy about a lady. <laughs> about a lady or about whether somebody is a lady, perhaps. At 31 minutes and 52 seconds, it's the second time Bill uses SmackDown. Uh-huh. Would have made more sense to use it on the wrestling portion of the podcast, but okay. At 46 minutes and 56 seconds, Mark Stein quotes Dirk Nowitzki. You know, after the title, he would say things like, an ant is an elephant on my shoulders. And stuff. You know, he would say things like that in private. Never, he would never do it for a camera. Right. I have no <laughs> clue what he is talking about. I think the idea is he carries the team to the degree that even an ant, when they're playing with him, plays like an elephant. But I Googled it. I've never heard this expression but before. Is, and I've given way too much thought to what some German now-retired NBA legend, truly, uh, had to say about ants. Was he saying that Dirk said that about himself? Yeah, I think so. Because that would be very self-congratulatory if it means what you think it means, and that was what Dirk said about himself. I think it had something to do with how Dirk is usually uh, positioning himself as very humble, but he truly does have this competitive fire where, you know, he's saying, I can take care of business. On the other hand, why he decides to say it in such a bizarre, archaic yes. manner, I have no idea. At one hour and 40 seconds, Bill Simmons swallows. You know, I agree. Um, I think the difference is those were like your guys. And it was really hard for a lot of people to have a relationship like that. You, had, you were in a unique situation. And you also work the relationships. And then at one hour, two minutes, and 34 seconds, we do find out that Mark Stein is a fan of Manchester City Football Club. Right. Again, suspicious. The, the pod ends surprisingly early. Only just over an hour and five minutes. It's, it's the right length for a podcast. Yes. For daily consumption. I was surprised that there wasn't a second guest. The second was a Magic Johnson WTF emergency pod, which he promotes as saying, we originally were going to do a pod with Stu Gotts. I've heard the name Stu Gotts. For the, also for the not podcast. his name. His name is Wiener. Yes. But it was originally going to include Michael Lewis, presumably to promote his new podcast, but instead only includes Stu Gotts. And I hopefully yes. we'll, he- we'll hear from Michael Lewis later because I think he's an interesting guy and he's done some great work. Sounds also like married to that. Tabitha Soren, late like, of MTV News. Oh, it sounds like they have that banked. Yeah, that, which uh, is cool. I'll remind you. Here's something I found weird. Most of the time when the podcast goes up on The Ringer, it is listed as by Bill Simmons. And sometimes it's listed as by Bill Simmons and the guest. This one is listed as by Charlotte Gadu, who I'm guessing is a different Ringer employee, but it's odd. I've never heard that name. And she's not on it. No, she's not on it. Uh, who is on it, Matt? Some guy who I don't know, who appears to be, I think he's some sort of Boston, or at least has his roots in Boston. But he is the emergency podcast guest, which I found strange because usually when they have an emergency podcast, it's usually another Ringer employee, like regular Kevin O'Connor or what's the football guy, Robert Mays, if it's a football issue. Or it's like, House, can you come on? This is just some guy, which doesn't make any sense to me. It can't be totally random. It can't be that this happened and Bill was like, I'm going to call 
What's the guy's name? Chris Mannix. Chris Not Mann. just some guy, man. Chris Mannix, according to Wikipedia, is a sports writer, reporter, and radio host, currently a senior writer for Sports Illustrated, previously a senior NBA writer for Yahoo Sports. It's just weird that he called this guy and was like, can you come on this emergency pod because of this weird Magic Johnson press conference? And he was like, sure. I got to think it's either one of two things. One, he had planned to talk to Chris Mannix about this, and then this is when it happened. Or two, he just couldn't get anybody else, which is shocking because... You think he could call up one of his many employees? Simmons has talked about this. His employees sort of famously young and millennial. Is it possible that he just didn't think this was a good topic for those guys to talk about? Because it's like they didn't see Magic Johnson play. They really don't know much about Magic Johnson beyond him as a NBA. What's that show they hosted together? Inside Inside the NBA? No, that's on TNT. Whatever the ESPN was. Countdown? Countdown NBA. Yeah, I don't know. Was it? Yeah, okay. yeah, he's on there with Bill, and then now did this weird Lakers thing with Rob Palenka, and then maybe tried to call House. House wasn't around, because it seems like this would have been a good House as the emergency uh, podcast guest. mastered out. I think this was pre-mastered. Masters. Yeah, but House was probably in Augusta. That's probably true. Now's a great time for us to run an ad. Let's take an ad break, Matt. Okay. Oops, nobody's paying for this. <laughs> <laughs> we're, doing, we're doing this for free. Speaking of ads, right in the beginning of this particular podcast. 36 seconds in. Yeah, we're where he, oh, it's a DAZN ad, but he refers to it as the MLB Ripperound. An MLB Ripperound show called Change Up every night of the week. I think now, after listening to the, the podcast and hearing that ad run some more, is actually Whip Around. Corporate partner, guy he had on the podcast last week. Can't bother to re record that ad for him. At approximately one minute and 20 some seconds in, Simmons, who is looking forward to Masters coverage and the first episode of the last season of Game of Thrones, declares it. this is our week, this is, 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 this is our wheelhouse. That's in conjunction with him saying, this is brought to you by the ringer. Again, he is the ringer, yes. brought to you by himself. And yeah, then he says, this is our week. Brought to you by the ringer is essentially Bill Simmons saying, this is me brought to you by me. Yes. I'm doing this. Yep. I have total creative control over this and I'm bringing it to you. To give credit where it's due, I like the precap. I like the idea, especially on a show as complicated as Game of Thrones, with so many plots and so many characters and so many unusual names, that there's this pre-cap to get you back up to speed. I think it's great. I've always been a fan of shows, especially HBO shows, that give you the, here's what happened on the last episode, because I think not only does it help get you up to speed, but I think it also points in the direction of, here's what you should be watching, here's what you need to know, not just generally, but for this episode. This is the part of the episode where uh, we say nice things about The Ringer. I really think that... last long. Don't get Yeah, I actually think they do a good job with their Game of Thrones coverage. Uh, so do they. I, yeah. I listen to occasionally the uh, the binge mode. Well, I listen to all those binge mode podcasts when they did that. Dork. About Game of Thrones. I am a book reader. I will say, not a huge fan of especially Mallory Rubin. I don't know what it is. There's it something about her. just enthusiastic. Yeah. The knowledge is there. And when she shows up with Bill and talks about Baltimore yep. sports, I, I think she does a good job. But sometimes just too geeked out. In that podcast, a lot of those two, I think it's her and Concepcion laughing at themselves. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of that. I I like Concepcion too. And obnoxious laughter at their own jokes. (laughs) You old man. Uh, (laughs) But generally, I think their ringer coverage is pretty good. Those guys are pretty knowledgeable about the intricacies of Game of Thrones and A Song of Ice and Fire. All right, at three minutes and 25 seconds, Bill runs out of breath. Grizzlies game that had top eight pick ramifications for the Celts. Uh, I watched a lot of basketball today, but the Magic press conference trumped it. <laughs> Which is a new arrow in his quiver of yes. weird mouth sounds. We know he loves the swallow. We know he loves the click. He also burps. 
So the non-communicative mouth sounds. Burping and yawning, it's unforgivable. I mean, like, it's one thing to swallow. I mean, he's, maybe he swallows a lot. I can't ask Nephew Kyle to take all these swallows out. But goddamn, the yawning and the burping is just unbelievable that they leave that in there. At 5 minutes and 55 seconds, in a discussion of Jeannie Buss, Bill refers to her as it. Made a point over and over again of talking about how it was his sister. It was his sister. Yes. Also, during this beginning of his uh, commentary on the Magic Johnson thing, he also notes that he saw this coming. Please don't forget that Bill Simmons foresaw this. At 11 minutes in, Simmons discusses Rob Polinka's reputation. That's eight, like a combination of your reputation, but only when it comes to the issue of reparations. Yes, yes. At 18 minutes and 50 seconds in, there's a discussion about Lonzo Ball being embroiled in crises. Who is embroiled in one of the sadder family controversies slash crises with the business and the whole thing that he's going through. Yes, yeah, not crises. Should be crises. Yeah, it should be crises. Bill says, LeBron probably goes to L.A. no matter who's running the team, unless it's even more of a train wreck, <laughs> which is sort of a weird thing to say, because basically what he's saying is LeBron uh, probably goes to L.A. no matter what, except that this is the baseline for where LeBron, when LeBron would go to L.A., which yes. is, doesn't really make a ton of sense. LeBron would go to, to L.A. as long as the situation was exactly the way it was or better. Or better. Not any worse. If it was any worse, he probably would have gone somewhere else. Unclear where he would go. Uh, at 21 minutes and 15 seconds, there's a discussion about a very safe, likable LeBron interview where nothing tough was asked. Likable LeBron interview that, that nothing tough was asked. It seems what Bill is advocating for is a tougher, more hard-hitting interview, such as if LeBron had had an issue where he had been blackmailed for cocaine use, or if he had resigned suddenly, or if he had had to go to rehab and then had to not only rehabilitate himself from a controlled substance addiction perspective, but also rehabilitate his public image, possibly by launching a new venture, possibly one that was being advertised through a podcast that was aired last week. Yes, that's exactly what it's like. At 27 minutes and 30 seconds in, there's an ad that lasts for just about exactly a minute. During that time, Bill invites more do. What kind of candidates you like and invites more to, more people to apply. And then goes on to say more people to apply. So if you're wondering who Mordu is, it's the demon bear from Brave. <laughs> Got it. At 41 minutes and 42 seconds into the second podcast of the week, Bill Simmons swallows. And the whole thing was weird because he got hired before LeBron, I mean, before Magic. And I, listen. And then at 42 minutes and 21 seconds, Bill decides to do what? Bill likes his tweet so much that what he decides to do is just read it. I did a tweet about uh, the the weirdest moments of, of the season this year. Not only does he decide that he's going to read his own tweet to his listeners, he doesn't have it ready to go. So no. he has to find his own tweet and then read <laughs> yes. it to us. He has to find his own tweet. Hold on, I'm just queuing it up. And I named this the new number one. Here are the other candidates. You tell me if... Not edit out the time it took him to find the tweet. And then read it to us. It is the ultimate in Bill Simmons. Masturbating. Yes, that's exactly what it is. Well, this isn't self-congratulatory. This is more not self-aware. Way to start to list out straws. Yes. <laughs> Here's a list of things, but not this one. Well, unfortunately, I didn't have the tweet to read. Bill chastises magic for stating the obvious during his press conference. You'll note that last week, on multiple occasions, Bill stated the obvious, such as quarterbacking is hard. Yes, people who are in the Hall of Fame should deserve to be there. Yes. Bill Simmons compared a local L.A. reporter, and he said he's basically like this guy in Boston. 
as if the rest of us in the country would have any idea who that guy is. There are some counterparts in Philadelphia who are local sports reporters, but I'm not going to name them, Chris, because none of these people would know what I'm talking about. At one point, he is reminded of a situation that he had with Magic when discussing the Magic Judge press conference, because, of course, he is. At 45 minutes and 29 seconds, there's a swallow followed by what sounds like an unmiked yeah. Lonzo Ball, are those the only two left out of all those choice lottery picks they have? This is, yeah. this was... Uh... I think the way this works is Bill records his side of the podcast at his studio, and his guest often will record the guest's side of the podcast at the guest's location, and then they're mixed together. But I think this yeah was simply not mixed together. And so that's why it sounds unmiked. So the yeah is getting picked up from Simmons' mic. Yeah. Seems like anybody with a working knowledge of recording equipment and podcasts could figure something like that out, especially somebody who has over 500 episodes. Matt, let's not set the bar too high. <laughs> At 49 minutes and 15 seconds, a tour de force performance on the swallow. It appears <laughs> possibly four swallows <laughs> yes. in a row. It's a, a festival of swallowing. It wasn't that a novella in the Game of Thrones universe? <laughs> A festival of swallowing. And I think Draymond is actually realistic for them if the Warriors decide to move on from that and decide to move on from him for cap space and whatever else. I don't think Davis is realistic for them. I I think the Clippers can trump any Lakers offer. I think the Celtics can trump any Lakers offer. And I think the Knicks, if they have Durant and they get it like, I don't know, the second, third, fourth pick and whatever else, I think they could trump any offer. I think the Lakers, for me, are fourth. Yeah, it's wonderful. There's also a Simply Safe ad where he yawns. Go to simplysafe.com slash BS to learn more. That is Simply Safe with two eyes. Or possibly stretches. I wasn't entirely sure. That's actually at 55 minutes and 31 seconds, but it was a great ad because I love Simply Safe. I love Simply Safe too. And in fact, if Simply Safe were a sponsor of this podcast, we would be certain not to yawn or possibly stretch during the ad, making it seem like we were bored to death with Simply Safe because we're not, and we think Simply Safe is a great product. Something, 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 fear less. I really appreciated Stu Gotts, who I don't know really, other than he used to be the what's his name sidekick, possibly still is. He really calls Bill's bullshit Boston fandom complaining out, uh, where Bill re- refers to the uh, his demons. Uh, possibly in... Mordu? Are they bear demons? <laughs> it's possible. It's all. She's trying to tie it all together. But <laughs> that that really is ridiculous. That city has seen more championships in the last two decades. Every team in that city has won something. In the I think they've won all four titles. Yeah, and some of them have, yeah, have won multiples. And for him to even, even do a little bit of complaining is nonsense. And Stu immediately calls him out on it. And I really appreciate it. Bill, Are you allowed to call him Stu? Are you you're right. Buddies? That was terrible. I shouldn't have done that. That's like uh, uh, I Roy about Williams. It. Roy. <laughs> yeah. Well, but isn't that like, what am I supposed to call him? Stugatz? Yes. Okay. okay formal. Okay. Yeah. Stugatz. <laughs> in doing that, talking about all their multiple championships, Bill incorrectly says that the Patriots have won three of the last four Super Bowls. That's just wrong. Did they lose any Super Bowls? Oh, they definitely lost one to the Philadelphia Eagles, to a quarterback who didn't even start for the team the next year. They won the year before that in that miracle comeback against Atlanta. But the year before that, they weren't even in the Super Bowl, Bill. The Broncos won that Super Bowl. Weird. So they actually won two of the last four Super Bowls. But played in three. Played in three. One but lost they one. They lost yeah. to the Philadelphia Eagles. Right. At some point when he's talking to Mannix, Bill says, the Lakers should look to replace Magic with basically the cream of the or the creme de la creme of NBA GMs. And one of the names Mannix says, without any kind of pushback from Bill, 
is Sam Presti from Oklahoma City. Yes. And it appears in the context of the conversation that Bill agrees that Presti is one of the top two or three best GMs in the NBA, which is weird because even as recently as the Russillo pod that follows this, I felt like he's bashing Presti. And he's famously bashed Presti for the Harden trade in his post-trade deadline mailbag. This is something he actually wrote February 24th of 2017. Yes, so it must have been a long time ago. Slightly more than two years ago. Bill Simmons dug into his mailbag and he had his annual atrocious GM summit, which I think is kind of a fun gag. Yep. I like it when he does his uh, draft rewinds. I like it when he does the movie quotes. I like the GM summit. One of the things on the agenda for the atrocious GM summit was panel number four. At 2.30 p.m., learning to live with the fact that you gave an MVP candidate away with Sam Presti and Ryan McDonough. Yes. When is it he became a fan of Sam Presti? He didn't. Chris Mannix talked about Sam Presti. He didn't want to argue with Chris Mannix about it, and he just sort of agreed. Not realizing that the astute among us would immediately point out his hypocrisy. Stu also says, uh, <laughs> ask, <laughs> Stu, I did it again. God damn. Stu Gatz later says, he asked the question to Bill, was Wade as good as in the first LeBron finals as he was in 2006? He says, was Wade as good in the first LeBron finals as he was in 06? Bill says, I don't think he was better than LeBron in that finals. Did not answer the question. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> totally misapprehended or misunderstood uh, what the question was. Well, no, it's not that he didn't understand the question. It's that almost certainly he was not listening to the question <laughs> and was loading up his next point. Yes. There's an ad from 1 hour, 14 minutes, and 43 seconds to around 1 hour, 15 minutes, and 15 seconds. During that ad, which includes a read for the Fairway Rolling, Bill tries to suggest that we should listen to Fairway Rolling. Listen to Fairway Rolling. Listen to... Again, he could have recorded that again. At 1 hour, 20 minutes, and 15 seconds, there's what sounds like an unedited Stugat smack. (laughs) And that's when he took the back seat, and that's when they really started playing well. Um, and that's when the streak happened. Which clearly unnerves Bill, because that's his domain, because he then mispronounces casually. When Wade, you know, and this was a casually... I, this is one of Matt's highlights. At 1 hour, 22 minutes, and 28 seconds, Bill decides to quote an article he had written himself. So in 2006... I wrote about Wade and I wrote and introduces it by saying, here's what I wrote. Quote, quote, Wade takes <laughs> the narcissism on this. This is like the epicenter of the narcissism on this podcast. It was unreal. It's about this time that he also comments on his clairvoyance involving LeBron going to Miami. So that's now two different times in this podcast that Bill Simmons has made sure that you listener knew that he foresaw something. All hail. At one hour, 27 minutes, and 29 seconds, he either swallows or burps. And then in, t- in 2012, he flipped the script, had that great game in Boston. In 2013, everyone remembers the Ray Allen shot. It's really incredible. <laughs> the week was, of course, bookended with the NBA awards and playoff preview extravaganza with Ryan Russillo. As we mentioned earlier, it clocked in at just about two and a quarter hours. I just want to say one more thing before we move on to the Russillo thing about something that Bill said. They're having a discussion about whether Harden or Wade is the better two-guard. And Bill says, well, Harden has to win a title, because he hasn't yet, and Wade has, obviously. But then he says, but Harden is just better. 
Well, it seems like he has answered the question, but for some reason is now requiring Harden to do more, despite the fact that he's established he's a better player. Well, actually, that's a, a nice segue, because what the awards and playoff preview podcast leads off with is a discussion about the votes for MVP. However, before we get to that, part of the reason I think this is so long is because of the unnecessary pauses. At 8 minutes and 53 seconds, there is a pause that I clock at three full seconds of just <laughs> dead air. At 10 minutes and 35 seconds, as Bill is recounting what turned out to be the whole reason he decided Giannis should win the MVP, which is the final game the Rockets played in the entire season. He talks about how Harden is fouled. Harden makes one of two. Harden misses the free throw. Harden gets fouled, makes one of two, misses the free throw. What is he talking about? First of all, it's not the free throw. It's one of two it's free one throws. one of two free throws. It feels like he contradicts himself. It just seems like he wasn't paying attention to what he was saying. He says Harden doesn't win the MVP from his perspective because of the failure in that very last game, which is kind of bonkers because he's saying that this guy is possibly the third best two-guard of all time, but that one single game. Now, he said he came into the, the final game thinking he had Giannis up 52 to 48%. I was 52-48 Giannis. But that final game somehow turned the tide in Giannis's favor from 52% to 70-30. Just thought about it a lot, and now I'm at like 70-30 for Giannis. Is it the defense? Yes. One Be- final game! Because he was so bad. Harden was so bad. And he also notes that Giannis established his dominance over Philly in that uh, last Bucks sixers game. I'm admittedly biased, but that's total bull****. He did not totally dominate them. Only a month ago, maybe five weeks now, the Sixers beat the Bucks in Milwaukee on a primetime Sunday game. There's no dominance. At 18 minutes in, there's an, again a discussion of narrative, one of Bill's favorite tropes. The idea not about how performance wins awards, but how the press's coverage or the media strategy in the storyline is what truly leads to awards. But I like the idea of the narrative as dictating awards or dictating who we perceive as great. On the other hand, sometimes it just gets old. This leads Rosillo into a Westbrook rant that I really enjoyed because I don't like Russell Westbrook, and I do think he's a stat hog. Teams that he's been the leader of haven't really done much, not very good. At 19 minutes and 30 seconds in, there's a discussion about Giannis, who was in the All-Star game, dunking over everyone. And I did see some of that game, and he was pretty dominant. That's followed up by Bill saying, that's the case against Harden. He's just dunking <laughs> dunking over everybody? This is like Shaq? Um so anyway, those are the two cases against Harden. Here's the case for Giannis. Somehow Giannis dunking over everyone in the All-Star game is part of the case against Harden, which is followed again by, here's the case for Giannis. Feels like that was the case for Giannis. I, I don't know. They just did it out of order. He, no- he also notes that the, that should matter the way the, uh, the All-Star game is played, which is possibly one of the stupidest things I've ever heard him say. Yeah, At 27 minutes and 35 seconds, the time is important, Matt. Bill asks, how many minutes is this? Kyle, whose job is to produce the podcast, says, I'm being very fair when I say he says, because it is a guess. 25 minutes. Yeah. He's off by 2 minutes and 35 seconds. It's not because of ads, because this is the first ad. It's so their producer, ad. no clue. There's then an ad. It's a seek geek ad. And he, and he really fucks it up. He says, seek then he makes a mouth noise, and then he says geek. So it's like, seek, gulping noise, geek. My all-time favorite ad, Botch, by Bill, was on one of his first podcasts for The Ringer, where he was doing an ad read for Seat Geek because he had just suggested that people buy tickets for a game 
on StubHub. And then remembered <laughs> that not only was SeatGeek a sponsor, it was the title sponsor <laughs> brought to you by SeatGeek. At 29 minutes and 24 seconds in, there's a discussion about the fact that Harden took 1,000 threes this season and says no one will ever take 1,000 threes again. And he took over 1,000 threes, which will never happen again. Finished three. Wait a you don't think anyone's ever going to take 1,000 threes? Of course somebody's going to. I mean, when, when, when's the three-point thing going to slow down? It's only going to get more ridiculous. I need to really think about this. Russillo wisely and correctly calls him out on this because in 2016, Stephen Curry took 1,084 threes, yeah. more than Harden took this season. Yes, It will definitely happen again. Also, I think Russillo points this out, the league very much trending towards three-pointers. Phil kind of argues that, well, it would require someone with a historical usage rate, which is like something Harden has this year because Chris Paul was hurt and he had to carry the team on his back, except for... As you pointed out, Chris, there were other good players on that 16 uh, Warriors team. Steph Curry still took 1,000 threes. In 2017, Steph Curry took 961 threes. Almost 1,000. And that's a team that had Durant. Yes. Bill really needs to think about this. <laughs> that's what he says. I need to really think about this. But I agree, because he's wrong. Yes, he definitely needs to rethink his position. At 33.55, Russillo tells people he was right, in as much as he believed people turned on Curry. Then he's questioned about whether they really did and agrees they did not. <laughs> At 37 minutes and 32 seconds, there's a discussion about Space Jam, which is hilarious. Because Bill makes a joke about LeBron and his business partner, Maverick Carter. Yes. And he says, what are they, the new Walt Disney? It's not, it's not like these guys are like the new Walt Disney. <laughs> a famously film-friendly podcast guy. The best he can come up with for filmmaker empire builders is Walt Disney. Walt Disney. But if he did it ironically, it was great. <laughs> I, I continue to laugh at the Walt Disney joke. Either way, it's great. Simmons appears to be very anti-Space Jam too, And Russillo says, this doesn't feel like a hot take. Because be, everybody's going to be like, I love the this first one. This doesn't feel Fuck like a guys. hot take. <laughs> nice job speaking truth to power, Ryan. I wasn't sure if they were making a joke about how there was a generally not critically acclaimed Indiana Jones movie that Shia LaBeouf was in, or as if they unironically suggested that Shia LaBeouf would be in one, and then we're like, oh wait, he actually was, we forgot. Like if I said, hey, Indiana Jones, they're, they're you know, it's coming back and it's going to be with Shia LaBeouf's going to be Indiana Jones, people would be like, fuck that. Didn't they do that though? Maybe they did. <laughs> no, they actually they did, did. Oh, that they exact actually did. Thing. Well, people are like, fuck that. I thought that they one was like, actually okay. Because yeah, that right. was before Shire. Did you like that one, Kyle? It was all right, but people were like, fuck that for sure. It was it was really strange. If it was a joke, poorly executed. But he was not Indiana Jones. He no, was, he was his kid. son, right? Yeah. That was in the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull with a 53 from the audience on Rotten Tomatoes compared to the 94 from Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, 81 from Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, and 96 from Raiders of the Lost Ark. It was around this time in the podcast when I started to wonder why they didn't do two parts. Yeah. Very long. <laughs> yes. And there was a natural break between the MVP and the other part the of the podcast, which I found exceptionally boring. At 41 minutes, there's a discussion about how the Portland Trailblazers have no all-stars on the team. Damian Lillard. That's another team that has no all-stars. Just an aside. Which makes no sense because yes. Damian Lillard was an all-star for yes. that team. Was an all-star. Have a couple other good players. At 58 minutes and 18 seconds, Ryan swallows. Like, hey, man, when they turn on you. But looking back on it, it was bullshit the way the... At 58 minutes and 49 seconds, there's a discussion about LeBron leaving... 
Cleveland to go to Miami the first time he left Cleveland. Bill, of course, has long taken issue with the way in which that was done on the TV show. During this podcast, he phrases it this way. Gives Cleveland no heads up and just rams it right into them. I, I don't think that was defensible. Just rams it right into them. We can think maybe of a better way to deliver that sentiment, but just rams it right into them really does get the point across. At one hour and 30 seconds, again, he slams the hardened trade. And I felt the same way, like going back, bringing up the hardened trade again. Yes. Which was a trade conducted by Sam Presti, who was lauded by Mannix and to some degree, at least tacitly or by implication, by Simmons on the most recent podcast he recorded. That's what's really impressive about the hypocrisy involved here is <laughs> you, you and I, Chris, know from listening to Bill Simmons dutifully that he is always complaining about that trade and thinks it's historically terrible and that it didn't need to happen and that they got nothing in return. Great, we all agree. He just did this other podcast like three days before this, and now here he is complaining about it again. It's got to be he just doesn't even realize how, his lack of self-awareness. I think the deal is he's trying to placate his guest. So he yes. agrees with Mannix just to make the guest feel better. There's an ad read for ZipRecruiter at one hour, three minutes, and 12 seconds where he pronounces Boban three times in the space of five seconds. And I have Boban playing 35 minutes a game. I don't know. Would you consider the Sixers understaffed or not? We're playing a lot of Boban. That's really depends on whether you're a Boban fan. And I think he's pretty consistent, but it's just hilarious how he says Boban. <laughs> At one hour, four minutes, and 29 seconds, there's a discussion about the most valuable player as compared to first-team All-NBA, where Bill says it's purely a performance thing. It doesn't have a value part. Yes, <laughs> And this is purely a performance thing. doesn't have any, a valuable part in it. He put his third place vote for MVP, he said, is going to be Jokic from the Nuggets. But his first team All-NBA center is going to be Embiid. I know that's what he's trying to explain, why whatever he said about it not having value, that's stupid and it doesn't make any sense. There's no way that Jokic can be the third place MVP finisher in Bill Simmons' mind and then not be the first team All-NBA center. That doesn't make any sense. There's no way he can argue that and not sound like an idiot. I mean, I like the idea that what he's trying to do is point out the contrast between who is the most valuable person yeah. versus the person he would like to have starting on his team. Right, but how can Jokic be so good that he is the MVP and he is the best player and most valuable player to the two-seeded Denver Nuggets? But really, also, I think you're giving too much credit, Matt, and I realize I interrupted you. It's the most valuable player in the league, not just to the Nuggets. But I think what he would say is it's because he's basically the only good player on the Nuggets besides maybe Jamal Murray, who... Matt pronounces because, because. because it's because of that, uh -huh. uh, that he seems to, that's sort of his rationale. He's so valuable to that team that that's what bumps him up in that. By the way, Joel Embiid, not even in his top five no, MVP. No. It's just so irrational. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it's consistent logical thinking. It's like he's getting too cute. That's what he's doing. At one hour, five minutes and 15 seconds, Phil swallows. At one hour, 10 minutes and 33 seconds, there's a discussion about the level of competition in the... Eastern Conference versus the Western Conference and what losses mean in each conference. And Bill says that Charlotte was like a 29 that played in the East. If you win 38 games in the East, it's like winning 29 in the West. So that's basically what Charlotte was. Charlotte was like a 29 team that got to play in the East. What he means is <laughs> a 29 lost team or possibly yeah, a 29, win, 29 win, team. win team. But what he called them was a 29. As if. Which is almost three tens. Yeah. <laughs> At one hour, 13 minutes, and 55 seconds, another one of my favorite Simmonsisms. He pronounces the word also, also. Those are my top two disappointments this year. I would also throw in... This one is pretty subtle. 
but listen for his ossos. He then does the double swallow. I just don't understand how LeBron played this year the way he did. There's an ad from 149 to 131.07. At 1 hour, 47 minutes and 40 seconds, Bill attempts to pronounce the word doppelganger. So his historical doppelganger doppelganger is uh, George Gervin 40 years ago. But he cannot. <laughs> Bill fails. He then swallows. Best scoring two guard in the league, all this stuff. They were always around the fringes. At 1 hour, 48 minutes and 55 seconds, Bill blatantly interrupts Rosillo. The George Gervin thing for me, that's a little before uh, my time. But So Kobe uh, last decade was this guy, but actually did make the finals three years in a row and went to it. Bad podcasting etiquette by Bill. Yes, especially for a host. He also does a thing towards the end of the playoff preview, which is he tells a story or makes a point that he has made on a previous podcast that week. Different guest. But what Bill seems to fail to comprehend is that this podcast does not really exist for the benefit of the podcast guest. It exists for the listeners. So while Bill may not have made the point, in this case, a story about D'Angelo Russell and Magic letting him go too soon, he's made that point to the podcast listeners. Earlier this week in the Magic Johnson Emergency Podcast, he then tells the same story or makes the same point in the same way to Rosillo. But we have to listen to it again. It's already a two-hour and ten-minute podcast. Why do we have to listen to that part again? Well, before we get to two hours and ten minutes, at one hour, 57 minutes and 25 seconds, Bill suggests that he knows something will end up on a Sixers blog. This is how Bill says, I know. This Philly team seems like it's dying to roll over to somebody. <laughs> and this is, I, I know I going to end up on some Sixers blog. No doubt. Nice effort. Zero out of ten. <laughs> he also says, in this period of irrational Sixers hate for this podcast, which Bill Simmons is full of, um, which is why it always ends up on Sixers blogs. Not because he's always wrong, but mostly just because he's irrational about it. He's talking about Embiid being injured. At this point, they weren't sure if Embiid was going to play in game one. He says, Embiid has missed three seasons for knee injuries. This is not true at all. There's multiple problems with it, Chris. One, he hasn't missed three full seasons. He has missed two full seasons. He played like 37 games the other season, so a little more than half of the season. Here's the really irritating part about it. First year, it was not a knee injury. He had a fracture in his foot. The second year he missed was because the surgery didn't work right, and there was an exacerbation of the fracture in his foot. So now, of the three years that Joel Embiid has missed for what Bill Simmons says are knee injuries, the first two of them, nothing to do with his knee. His injury in college, which is what caused him to be drafted third and not first, also not a knee injury, back injury. Then, finally, in his third year, he misses some time because he has a partial meniscus tear, which he has to have, like, arthroscopically repaired. repaired. And now, he has what appears to be some sort of tendonitis in his knee. He's sore. Did not miss three seasons because of a knee injury. There's no, like, overwhelming reason to be concerned about a knee injury because he's really only had the one minor knee injury, which was a partial meniscus tear. Not that unusual. Foot injuries are what often derail big men. That is what we should be concerned about. If Joel Embiid were to have another foot injury, we would be very concerned. This is bullshit. Well, this Matt, is just Simmons being irrationally full of hatred towards the Sixers. Well, Simmons is a big Celtics fan. What division do uh, the Sixers play in? They play in the same division, and they yeah. did beat the Sixers 4-1 to last year, but I'm just tired of it. <laughs> you sound tired of it. <laughs> At two hours, four minutes, and zero seconds, Bill Swallows. He might actually just do this for three rounds. He'd get to the playoffs doing this. Now I'm not as sure, because... I don't like any of the any of the buzz stuff. At two hours, eleven minutes, and twenty seconds, Bill finds something delicious. Who do you have in the finals? And then let's go. Uh, Warriors, and I picked the Raptors at the beginning of the season, which was weird. Mm. This has been the Bill Simmons Podcast podcast. My name is Chris, and I'm Matt. <laughs> <laughs>